everybody. Welcome to this special episode of the EMI Ballard Podcast. Dalton and I just finished watching Zion Williamson's debut NBA game. And uh, we feel like this was a good opportunity to talk about uh, the possibly game-changing moment uh, here at the beginning of his career of, of what could be. Uh, he only played 18 minutes tonight. So, you know, it's hard to know if, if Zion is really the second coming for the league. But, you know, if, if you're listening to the critics, they're already saying uh, he could be injury prone, that, that he's too big to, to play in the NBA and that it's going to hurt his knees and and uh, he can't space the floor enough for today's game. And even at the beginning of the game that, that we saw tonight um, or, or last night, if you're listening to this uh, the following morning, um, Mark Jackson said that if he was given the choice to uh, to redraft the 2019-2020 draft, Without even seeing Zion play, he would still pick John Morant number one. So we've seen this this rookie sensation go to uh, some some people's number two or number three pick as they're not sure about his future. But what we've seen of his game so far, it, it fills us with hope. Um, it, it brings me a, a nostalgic feeling as I think about the high-flying dunks of, of Vince Carter proportions that, that um, Zion could do. And as the NBA game has changed, the biggest highlights now have become deeper and deeper threes, people shooting from the logos. But the idea that Zion could bring us back to a time where we talk about how high a player jumps or how far they fly. To me, we are seeing a change in landscape, a change that I felt like I saw when Kobe came into the league at the end of Michael's career and as the game was kind of changing. And now Zion's coming into the league, and we're, we're towards the end of what I would call the LeBron era, just two decades of LeBron basketball. And, and the game is changing, and maybe it's going back to showtime and quick highlights as, as that's the kind of teams that it seems like people are really enjoying watching, like with the Grizzlies and and, uh, and the Lakers and, and teams that are really moving fast. And, of course, you know, uh, I'm excited about that. We're excited about what Zion could do. Um and not, not not to not to you know break break the the course of things here, but we know I'm also truly excited to maybe see him posterize James Harden in the near future because you know James doesn't really play defense and he just would have to be in the wrong place at the right time. But tonight was a great first game. The Spurs have been playing their best basketball in the last couple of weeks, in my opinion. The Pelicans are are in the playoff hunt and really um, pushing to to get to that seventh eighth seed. And uh, we know Zion was supposed to play back in Christmas. We were all looking forward to that, and it got scooted back. There was a lot of talk about them bringing in coaches to help him to walk correctly, to run correctly, so that he doesn't get injured. Um, Dalton, what did you think about the way he was moving up and down the court tonight? Yeah, I, um, you know, it, it looked better when he got out there a little bit more in the fourth quarter. But watching him just kind of shuffle along like a geriatric patient um, for most of the the game. And I don't know if it was a conditioning thing or if it's the fact that he's 6'6", 280, um, or or what's happening there. But I I just didn't feel like he was running as much as I would like to see him run. I saw him uh, kind of dogging a little bit. And, you know, obviously he's getting into the, the NBA rhythm and flow. So we'll let it go for a little bit. Um, I, I hope that I see those, those hips and those, those legs kind of expand a little bit, a little bit farther and a little bit quicker. Yeah. It did seem like he um, was you know, clearly forward. a bit winded. 
uh, especially when he sit in the second quarter. Uh, I saw him just breathing on the bench, and I was like, okay, he's he's tired. And it made you wonder, like, how many practices they really got. Like, has he played in practice? Has he played, um, you know, three, four practices? Do, do they play hard? You know, is he is he really getting the chance to go at it? Because he did look really tired. I didn't think he looked so much like a geriatric patient as I thought he just kind of looked like a kid. And I kind of thought that throughout the game, just kind of reflecting on how young he really is. Uh, and just like the kind of carefree way that he was moving up and down the court, clearly having fun. Um, but, you know, definitely, definitely kind of running funny, kind of moving funny. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just taking it really easy. Yeah. It definitely seemed uh, like he was definitely trying to be aware of his surroundings at all times and uh, watch out for other people, other bodies. I did appreciate um, just going to watch him rebound a little bit. A couple of those rebounds that he got, you know, he's really putting his body out there going for a full extension jumps and reaching out there, you know, reaching across guys. Uh, so it, it's fun watching Zion rebound and it's fun watching him give those full effort moments. And uh, I think that was definitely a, a bright spot that we got to look forward to throughout the game. Watching him rebound was, uh, really amazing uh he he definitely has that uh even though he does box out really well i don't want to seem like he doesn't box out well but the athleticism the ability to jump as high as he jumps it's just crazy like honestly watching a 6-6 guy rebound it's like if westbrook could jump even higher it's just like he's up there kind of pogo sticking his way to big boards and honestly for me um, and you know, I'm, I actually wonder what you thought, but as much as the, the big moment, the 90 seconds of just making everything was, um, my favorite part was, was the rebound he got in the fourth quarter where he just jumped so high and he grabbed that board and, and, uh, you know, that's when they scored and the momentum just sort of shifted from there. And it was kind of like the beginning of that run, but that was actually maybe my favorite play of, of Zion in this game as far as his debut game was actually that rebound. It was just the effort. I mean, the effort on an NBA rebound. I mean, you, you got to remember this is the NBA in January here. So you're not always seeing a lot of effort on uh, rebounds and defense and all the things that you want to see a full effort on. So that was probably my highlight play of the game. Um, what, what did you, you know, uh, what was your highlight moment of the game? with Zion. Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, when he hit those back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back threes, um, watching that it, it was was pretty fun because, you know, we kind of watched him come into the game and we kind of thought about it a little bit moving into his debut that Zion allows the, the Pelicans to... Um, utilize his effort, utilize his, his spacing the same way that Milwaukee is able to use Giannis's. You know, you have to um, put bodies in the lane. You kind of saw this a little bit the first half of the game, not knowing uh, this person, not knowing how to play against Zion when he was playing just short bursts. You know, you put three bodies in the lane and it opens up some of the shooters that the Pelicans have been able to build. Um, but obviously then Zion 
it showed that he was able to hit a couple threes himself, hit that jump shot. Uh, so just seeing that that well-rounded effort on top of those rebounds that I like to see that effort that he put in, um, you know, it, it'll definitely be a, a lot to handle if you're going to put three bodies around him with some of those great shooters that the Pelicans have, or if you don't put bodies around um, in the lane and, and you let Zion work himself from outside. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the ball movement that they work on. One of the hardest things to judge with this situation with it being such a small sample size is uh, is just chemistry on the floor. And uh, obviously, you know, you, you, you really can't tell. It definitely seemed like in the first three quarters there wasn't a lot of chemistry. Uh, they weren't really sure where to give Zion the ball at or, or if he wanted the ball, um, how it was moving. And I was actually very concerned and still am really concerned about just the way him and Ingram will play together. Um, you know, because Ingram in L.A. was a different player when he wasn't the uh, number one guy on the floor. And in New Orleans, he's been he's been the man, you know, he's he's their go to guy and uh, just just came off a career high game with 49 points just a few a uh, few games ago. And then when when the Pelicans did start to pull out and and actually took the lead from the Spurs, it was with Zion, you know, just crushing three minutes of basketball. And then when Ingram came back in, it seemed like he really struggled um, and just didn't. Nothing was really flowing and he was kind of forcing shots. And even though you can't say it's because they maybe it's because they haven't practiced together, but even a lot of his possessions were with Zion off the floor. And you wonder if Ingram just has something in his head that makes him think differently when he's not the go-to guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. Um, I, I don't think that Ingram has any issue. And I think that, uh, you know, we've seen Ingram ball out uh, a lot of nights and we've seen him be off a, a couple nights this season. I think that he's just a young guy um, dealing with, with trying to build up that consistency uh, game in and game out, he's had a lot of good games. You know, a lot of a lot of his points in some games have come in the fourth quarter, so that's kind of padded the stats a little bit. But um, he's getting used to con- consistently scoring at those volume numbers, so I don't think there's an issue there. Uh, just him uh, building up his rhythm, building up his consistency, playing within the system. But in uh, as far as chemistry, just team wide, I, I saw a lot of. Um, good thinking uh, in plays, but but you know just a little bit off passes. I saw Alonzo uh, specifically one one play. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, he kind of catches it open in the corner, and uh, Spurs start to close close in. And you wouldn't have been mad at Alonzo if he would have pulled up and took that corner three, but decided to pass it up, passed it on to Brandon Ingram. You know, giving up the good shot for the great shot. But even in that moment passed it to, you know, not to Ingram's pocket, but a little bit lower than he, he would have liked. But Ingram, Ingram's got those long arms. He was able to adjust and make it work. But um, I just saw a lot of passes like that, not just when Zion was on the on the court, but with the Pelicans. And that's just kind of how they've been all years, uh, building consistency. You're, so you're going to say Zion has to um, help contribute to the consistency and that chemistry, which he certainly does, but... Lonzo and Ingram have been playing together 
uh, longer than anybody else on the, the Pelicans right now. And they're still trying to figure it out together. So I think it'll all come together and we'll see where it comes uh, come playoff time if they make it. Okay, there's a, there's two streaks on the line with these with these two teams. Um, one being that Spurs obviously have made the playoffs for 22 straight years, which is an impressive streak um, since since they drafted Duncan on out. Uh, they've made the playoffs every year. The other streak, which is impressive in its own way, is that J.J. Redick has played in the playoffs every year of his career, which is 13 years. One of these streaks has to end you know, which one or both, you know, both could end. What do you think is, what's your prediction? I'll, I'll give mine, but I want you to give yours first. Yeah. My, my prediction um, has, has been the same for the last couple of weeks. And, and I think I'm still going to hold true to it. I think uh, neither of these teams make the playoffs. I'm not convinced on it yet, but I think that JJ Reddick streak is not over. Um you know, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he gets traded here in the next couple of weeks, especially, you know, we get a couple more weeks in this and they uh, go down a, a bad losing streak or, or anything like that. Um, you know, we could see JJ get traded, but they do have a good schedule coming up. The Pelicans do. Uh, so they legitimately could and probably should be making the playoffs. They'll just have to pull together um, good consistency and, and play as a team uh, moving down the stretch. Um, as for San Antonio, I don't uh, believe that, that they fully have what it takes um, to to just kind of kind of piece it together consistently game after game in relative to how uh, easy the, the Pelicans schedule is coming up, how well the, the Grizzlies have been playing together, you know, Portland's injury hopes coming back and then the, the Phoenix Suns. Um, they'll piece some things together. DeAndre Aiden's back. Devin Booker, um, I think, is still going to take it to another level this um, this season. So out of those five teams, to say that the Spurs can be above and beyond better than the other four uh, for the remaining 44 games or 40 games or whatever it is, um, I don't buy it. Well, I, I, uh, I think that with the Pelicans, obviously the addition of Zion – uh, if he can play like that, I mean, his per 36 numbers are amazing. Uh, you know, you're looking at about 44 points, uh, 10 turnovers, uh, about 16 rebounds and uh, six assists. Um, so if Zion can do that and uh, and they don't trade J.J. Redick, which I think that they would be, I, I would be surprised if they do that considering he's on a two-year and you probably get the same value out of him next year. Um, I think the Pelicans are going to make the best push they can. I think if they end up at the ninth or tenth seed, I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to sell. I don't think they're going to sell right now. Um, the Spurs, you know, I I still stand by my early preseason prediction that they'll take the eighth spot. Um, I think that they're coming on strong. I watched the Pelicans play the Clippers um, about three three four nights ago. And the Pelicans were insane. They were fast. They played fast basketball. Um, they're young guys. I mean, that's how they want to play. They're pushing the pace. And the Spurs, um, you know, I haven't watched a lot of their games this year. They, they definitely didn't look hot at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, they played like the Spurs tonight uh, with, with different guys on the floor. But they 
They made the whole game go at their pace. They controlled the whole game except for three minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it just seemed like they were doing what the Spurs do. And Aldridge is quietly having huge nights. I mean, he had 30 points, 14 rebounds. Um, you know, it's just like the Spurs are playing winning basketball. They're going to play winning basketball. They're about the thing you can count on the most in the NBA. And it just seems like they're really starting to put it together. So I actually think the Spurs streak stays alive. I think Reddick's streak ends and uh, that, that the Pelicans don't make the playoffs. And even though it's a side note, I, I don't think Phoenix even has a, a real shot at it. Um, I think they're completely out in my opinion. I hate comparisons. I, I'm not I'm not big on comparisons whenever I think a guy is a one-of-one. One. I feel like Zion is unique enough that I don't want to compare him necessarily um, or say that he is the next version of, you know, uh, whatever player LeBron or whatever the, the hype beast would say. Um, but at the same time, I do like to look at some of the influences and, and what makes him uh, unique and, and what players he kind of takes from. Uh, you had brought up Giannis earlier at the way he, he went into the lane tonight and kicked out the, uh, the open look uh, with four guys coming in on him. Uh, also, you know, I had thrown out Westbrook, which is, again, a similar thing where just a lot of motor, a lot of athleticism going to the rim. Um, you know, what do you see in if you had a if you had to kind of peg Zion down to, you know, maybe two, you know, two players that you think he may be the most like at his very best? You know, if, if everything rings true and he is this great transcendent player. What are the two players you see him being the most similar to? Tough one. Immediately, the the first two guys that that come to my mind though are uh, Giannis and Shaq. You know, I think Zion has that kind of dominating force about him, um, but at the same time, like he he has the potential of polishing it off and capping it off to be a well rounded player, the same way that LeBron James is, but. To watch him initially uh, come out, and we, you know, most of our our sample of him is playing a Duke and watching the high school highlights and things of that nature preseason. You know, the, just the the sheer tenacity that he comes out um, on the block. He comes out after rebounds. He plays defense. He switches on guys. Uh, just a, a real modern day Shaq combined with the Giannis and in a slightly uh, you know shorter body, but just dominating guys, the the sheer size and the way that he's ever able to overwhelm guys and play, um, you know, he can finesse and he can work the moves and do all of that. But at the end of the day, it's hard to stop a guy that's six, six, two eighty, and can jump out of the gym. I, I definitely see the, the comparisons, you know, I feel like Shaq definitely, I've thought a lot like this guy's like a Shaq, you know, like it's kind of like when LeBron came in, LeBron was like a Shaq that, you know, was a wing, you know, it just didn't seem, it seemed like he was more of a football player. It, it definitely has that feeling with, uh, with Zion that he's, he's built like a football player, um, like, like a running back even, uh, with the way that, that he's just so strong through the legs and, and core, um, you know, I, I've thought a lot about this, and, and I thought that, uh, and it could be because he's been on my mind, but it, it kind of reminds me, the way he plays reminds me of if Zebo 
had Vince Carter's athleticism. Like, like instead of just being this fundamentally like great power forward who can shoot and rebound. And I mean, Zebo could shoot I mean, even towards the end of his career. He's, he's putting in threes uh, regularly. He's a really good shooter, uh, but completely flat footed and never dunked. You know, if suddenly Zebo could do all the things he could do and could, you know, touch the top of the backboard, man, that would be bad. And that's what I feel like Zion does. Uh, so I feel like that's the the ceiling to me. Uh, hopefully he can get more rings than those guys. But and it is possible. I, I've thought about this. It's possible that Vince Carter could be his father, you know, because uh, Vince is 42 and, and Zion is 19. And, you know, I mean, there'd be nothing weird about that, you know, uh, so. It could be that Vince is Zion's dad and we all just don't know. I mean, NBA theories and superstitions part two. Here we come. Um, I want to look back on this game, though. I feel like if I when I watch this game and this is definitely a, a very big side note, but I feel like when I watch this game again, which I'm not sure I'd ever watch this whole game again, I think I would just watch the fourth quarter because uh, that's really where it was going on in this game. Um. I'm going to look back and I'm going to see Lonnie Walker's haircut and there's never going to be a time where I'm not going to shake my head. And I just, I look at the top of his head and I felt like it spent the whole game saying I am Groot. You know, I was just like, he's got to be running up the court. And as soon as he turns around, I am Groot. And I'm going to say it's not a good look and it's not going to be a good look in 10 years. If I go back and watch this game, it's not going to be a good look in 20 years. I feel like somebody, a veteran maybe, DeMar, LaMarcus, you know, somebody needs to talk to him and say, look, man, this isn't a good look. Uh, but the person who shouldn't talk to him is definitely Tim Duncan because Tim Duncan looks homeless since he retired. Uh, I don't know if it's like the Popovich look, like Popovich kind of has the scruffy beard and always looks like he was just coming off a bender, um, you know. <laughs> Maybe Duncan and Popovich are just two peas in a pod, but uh, maybe things are different in San Antonio. You know, I, I've never been there, so um, you know. But that's definitely when I when I when I go back and watch this game, I'm a hundred percent positive those are two things I'm going to notice and think the same thing. I get you. Um, you know, I, I think you need to lay off the line. He, hey, uh, you know, he he's got the same hairstyle, kind of looking like the weekend in the NBA, like if the weekend was a, a basketball player, that'd be kind of, kind of sick. That's uh, what Lonnie's reminding me of. And, um, I definitely feel I, the I same like about the Tim Duncan. Uh, but to be honest, it, didn't Tim Duncan kind of look homeless his entire career though? Yeah. I think Tim Duncan looked homeless his entire career. And I, I also understand where Lonnie Walker's coming from. But, you know, it, it's there's a long list of, of people who have made a, a poor decision. Uh, you know, if, if we go back, you know, we'll, we'll look at, at Coolio's hair and we'll always talk about it because it just wasn't a good decision. And uh, and the weekend hasn't made a good decision and the weekend doesn't play basketball or he shouldn't. Um, you know, we, we've got to be careful sometimes the decisions we make. Lonnie Walker, I did appreciate the dunk he tried to throw down. Uh, he did get fouled. Uh, I did appreciate that. You know, I, I appreciate his game. I'm just not, I'm not hundred percent sure about his choices. You know, if, if I could make that choice, I wouldn't make it, you know, and that's really what I'm saying. 
Yeah. Per 36 numbers are, are the stupidest thing ever, but Zion would have looked really good on those tonight. You know, I, I agree. Per, per 36 numbers don't matter for most situations. But in a situation, uh, you know, this is just a little sidebar, but a situation like what we're seeing with the Milwaukee Bucks this year, um, I think they do matter because the Bucks are so good that they barely even have to play their starters in the fourth quarter. So you have to have those per 36 minutes just to realize how good their starters are through three quarters. And uh, yeah, I think that's when they come into play. Really, really what I, what I think about per 36 is that only one out of 10 times is it actually useful and nine out of 10 times when it's being used, it's to show an anomaly that wouldn't exist if the person actually played a full 36 so like like Enos Cantor is never gonna put up those numbers, you know. All I know is that Zion's one hundred percent threes uh, as of today, so one hundred percent field goal percentage from three point range. Well, only um, a person in NBA history to debut four for four from threes. Um. So, it, you know, last question as we finish up here, uh, it was an amazing game, uh, but is there any chance in the world? Zion can get rookie of the year. No. No, I don't, I don't would, buy it. What would it take? The the Pelicans would have to win 30 of their next 40 games in order for him to to win rookie. The year. He'd have to average at least 25 or 26. I, I just don't think a guy can come in for half the season and win rookie of the year um you know he'd have to be uh, immeasurably uh worlds above better than than what john moran has been doing and um i'd, I'd have to really believe it uh, in order for him to win rookie of the year and i just don't think that um zion will get it at, at that point uh, not to say that he's not gonna have a good uh, stretch over from now through the end of the season but for him to win rookie of the year over guys who've been playing the whole season, you know, we'll compare the averages, but compare the total, like, you know, you, you just can't. So barring John Morant, you know, having a injury or, or, you know, not playing for a good portion of the rest of the season, um, you don't think there's any way here's uh here's the thing that I wondered is how how much better are John and Zion than every other rookie in this class? Because if Ja wasn't the clear front runner, and and Zion had just now debuted, I still feel like Zion would be the front runner from here out. Because uh, I don't feel like there's anybody else who's really impressive uh, out of this class. I mean, Tyler Hero's great, and Kendrick Nunn's great, and would be deserving. I mean, Kendrick Nunn would be deserving. But I feel like it's pretty pretty far back in the rearview mirror of Zion at, at that point, you know. Yeah, I mean, if if Job wasn't in the in the race, then um, certainly you could. That's an entirely different conversation of Zion could win Rookie of the Year. Um, but I think that the fact that this uh, the rookie class in the league right now, I think, is actually pretty good. Um, albeit, you know, maybe there's not a ton of superstars sticking out the the way that Zion and Job will be. Um, in this in this league for years to come, but there are a lot of great guys that um, are are contributing major 
minutes, major points, major assists, rebounds, um, you know, uh, non-box score stats to their teams. Um, and, and I think those guys, uh, deserve a, a tip of the hat. Those aren't the things that win you awards like MVP or rookie of the year, but, um, those are the things that should be recognized and, and how good this rookie class is. Uh, so yeah, Pelicans, uh, next, next game to see him really do great. Uh, well, actually they got a couple games coming up that I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to Zion, uh, versus Ja. They're, they're playing the Grizzlies soon. Um, and they're playing, uh, playing the Rockets soon. And I'm just looking forward to, uh, Zion just putting, putting a big nasty dunk all over James Harden. You know, that's all I want to see. If you're listening to this podcast and and you just want to talk about how great James Harden is, then you're just listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, his his numbers are uh, what I would call subpar. That one for 17 showing shows that Zion's already a better three point shooter. I really just don't know what else to tell people. You know, I, I, if you're into that, you're into the wrong thing. But hey, some people like uh, some people like five finger death punch. You know, I mean, some people just they're into questionable things. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you're you're right. It wouldn't be a podcast episode if we didn't go off on on James Harden. So so right. just a, a real quick twenty seconds. Um, you know, just when I thought that, you know, maybe I would stop hating on James Harden a little bit. Maybe I would uh, let up a little bit. I just watched game after game of him missing sixteen threes, fifteen threes, fourteen threes missing, and I just think. Does, does he know he can, uh, you know, not pull up and, and just keep dribbling a little bit and just you know, there, there's half the floor that he can shoot from. And uh, I just don't like watching Rockets games because of it. I, I actually like watching Russell Westbrook and he's been the best player on that team for the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, that's that's just what I want. And uh, it's absurd to me that anybody would rather have James Harden on their team than Damian Lillard. And uh, I'm sticking to it, and that's that's my my hottest NBA take. And uh, on that, we're looking for a good uh, Zion season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I, I would take a, I would take Lillard over Harden any day. Uh, and and just on another note, Harden was two for six from three tonight. Uh, so that's a, a huge, huge step in the in the right direction, I guess, if you're a Rockets fan. And uh, Westbrook had 28 and uh, I think 16 rebounds and uh, was the leading scorer for the Rockets, and they won. So, um, you know, just a little tweak there, a little little tweak here, and things start to work out if you're a Rockets fan. Yeah. This is a, this is a monumental episode. This is our first time uh, getting the chance to really cover a, a game like this. Uh, and and honestly, just you know, maybe a once in a lifetime chance, uh, at least once in, in a decade chance of watching the debut game of of a future star. Uh, it's also our first time doing a, a podcast remote, as the weather was pretty bad tonight, and we couldn't end up in the same place at the same time. Uh, so this is our first time doing a remote podcast. You know what? It's not too bad. It's not. It's not. It's not an all bad thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, look, look out to more games like this. Um, you know, maybe, maybe now that we got the remote situation, uh, we'll be able to go analyze uh, individual games or individual uh, business stories as they drop and, and things like that. 
Um, be sure to check out uh, your favorite episodes that we have in our, our archive files. Uh, you know, scroll through, listen to anything that you haven't listened to, share it with a friend, uh, let us know, rate, uh, rate the podcast. Um, we also just launched the uh, Am I Baller Instagram, so just check it out. Um, handle is Am I Baller, uh, all one, all one word, no uh, spaces, anything like that. Just check us out on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow, uh, share with a friend, let it, let everybody else know what's up. Any, sh- any shout outs? Shout out to Dame Lillard, 61 points. I, I'm not living it down. It, uh, really, really sent me on a good, good path for the week. Shout out to Zion and, uh, looking forward to, to a good career. And sh- shout out, shout out to Zach Ayapa who couldn't get on the, uh, the episode tonight, but. Uh, was probably was probably really wanting to be here and uh, you know just too busy DJing you know too busy DJing uh, so on the ones and the twos yeah that's what I heard Am I a Baller is brought to you by Baristi Boys and recorded by Miko Club special shout out to Zion Williamson for giving us something to talk about all this talk of highlight dunks, and tonight Zion didn't flush one home. If you were sitting on the bench and fell asleep, there's a good chance you missed the best part of this game where in just three minutes of basketball, Zion put up 17 points with four threes. Final stat line, 18 minutes, 22 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. Just a reminder, this is a podcast about business and basketballs, and it's nothing without you, the listeners. Follow us on Instagram at Am I a Baller and share your feedback. Tell us how you balled up from the court to the boardroom, from the bench to the office, from the locker room to the mobile food cart. Maybe you will be our next guest on the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>